Sounds like football, baby. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Football Smackdown. I'm your host tonight, Jake Rip. You can find me on Twitter at JakeTakesFF. And of course, joining me as always, folks, you know him, you love him. You can find him on Twitter at KyleMonth8. But he's going to be with us every single week, every single month of the year. Please, folks, make some noise for Kyle August. Good to be here, Jake. I feel like I feel like we got to get a more aggressive crowd because I feel like if they're a fan of me, they're probably just pissed about something or angry. Like I feel like a mob would be a little bit better, more uh, better representation of fans of mine. But that, that's not a bad idea. Maybe for the next show, it can sound like, like a monster truck rally gone yes. wrong or something. Just like guys chucking full beers from the top from the top bowl. There you go. There's my people right there. <laughs> You know, listen, you know, the people love you. They can't get enough of you. Uh, Something like that. Which is why you got to go file. Go follow Kyle, not file Kyle. Go follow Kyle, uh, Kyle month eight on Twitter. Uh, for the past couple of weeks, guys, we uh, we were talking about our rankings, right? Uh, the, the rookies, all the impacts that I was going to make. But this week, we're going to put that to the test with a little bit of mock drafting. Man, we just we just couldn't wait. It was time. And have we actually done like a full mock draft this year yet? I can't remember if we did one pre-draft. I know we did the rookie draft. Yeah, not. Uh, no, we, we did a we did a rookie only draft right after the NFL draft concluded. And other than that, man, no. And I've done a few 2021 mocks just to get a try to get a feel for, you know, as I was putting together my rankings and things. But this is, I think this is our, you and I, our first mock draft ever together. So this is going to be a little bit of a oh, <laughs> experiment as it, as it is, I think. But I'm, I'm looking forward to this, man, because I think it's when you can finally start putting values to names, even this far out, uh, it, it, uh, it really helps you kind of get a feel for what you're going to be staring down come August. Yeah, I'm going to be showing my cards a little bit. I know you and I have a league coming up here that I'm, I'm set to be absolutely diced up and murdered alive in the uh, Reality Sports Online League. I, I have no auction experience at all going into this. I have not done one auction mock draft yet, uh, so I'm intimidated to say the least. But Kyle keeps telling me, oh, you're going to be fine, man. You're going to love it. You're going to do great. Uh, but yeah, I guess that, that'll uh, we'll wait and see, huh? Dude, it it's honestly like I and I they're not a sponsor of this show, this network, or anything. I get no royalties from this at all. Not yet. R- RSL man, reality sports online. If you haven't tried it, it is an animal. You gotta have committed people to this. But I've been able to put together a few leagues. My old buddy Bob uh put together the original one I was in a few years ago. We're still rolling. It is a ton of fun. It's a different way to play. Uh and if you're you know addicts like you probably are, because you're listening to a fantasy podcast in May. Uh, you know, you're always looking for the next big thing. I, you know, this is it. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be tough for RSO to ever become like just so monstrous, but because it's just, it's so intense, but man, for the people that are the diehards out there, this is where you want to be playing at. So it's a ton of fun. It's a new breed, man. So Jake, I'm looking forward to getting your takes here in a couple of weeks. Once we wrap up that startup auction, man, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'll report back my findings, but I think I even said before, I just look forward to my first round pick next year. I'll start scouting out ASAP, uh, see what I'm going to do with that. But listen, in case you've forgotten or you're a new listener of the show, something like that, uh, 
myself and Kyle, we stream this show live to YouTube every single Monday night. So if you want to see the man behind this angelic voice that you're hearing, you can go subscribe to the Dynasty Warzone YouTube channel to get the full-on uh, fantasy football SmackDown experience. Uh, Kyle, before we get this draft started, we've got a little bit of breaking news today that I feel like we need to address right here, right now. And I wore even a nice shirt here. See, and only the, the people on YouTube can see my attire, but it's not a baseball shirt this week. It's not a uh, hockey shirt this week. It's my Air Julio shirt. Uh, the resident Falcons fan on this show. But uh, just in case you haven't seen the clip yet, that just came out today. Uh, basically what happened was Shannon Sharp called Julio Jones on his cell phone <laughs> <laughs> while he was live on ESPN. Like not like a scheduled interview or anything, but it was just a personal call from Shannon to Julio. Uh, Shannon, <laughs> Shannon calls Julio his nephew a couple of times and then immediately jumps into the question. He goes, listen, Julio, you going to Dallas or are you staying in Atlanta? To which Julio immediately, immediately replies, nah, man, something to that. Nah, I'm out of there. That's what he said. Yeah. Nah, man, I'm out of there. Um, I don't know, man. He says he wants to play somewhere that he can win. And then he acknowledges that uh, Dallas does not fit that criteria. <laughs> what were your immediate, what's, what's your thoughts on the Dallas this that's not being talked about as much as the whole Julio thing and he's leaving, but uh, kind of a shot at the Cowboys there. I don't think they're such a bad team. It might have not got brought up on Twitter as much as the main, you know, focal point of that interview, I guess, if you could call it that, or impromptu phone call. Um, But uh, in a plenty of my league chats, you know, people started calling me out and, you know, and joking around about it and everything. So that part was funny. Uh, but what, what the hell is Julio Jones one? What does he know about winning? So best yeah. of luck to you. And like, I heard that over the weekend there was some report and again, this is all smoke and mirrors and we're all just starved for information. Like today was like Detroit lions propaganda day on Twitter. If you were out there, like every report was about Jamal Williams and TJ Hawkinson is ascending and all this crap. And you're just like, I just want to, you know, you gotta, you gotta see through some of that stuff, but there was a report that. Any good stuff about Amon Ross St. Brown that I didn't no, see? No, I didn't I didn't see it. Even he didn't make the cut for that. But uh I did see uh there was a report, a sleeper alert that Julio wants to go to New England. I'm like, well, if he wants to win, why the hell is he going to New England? Like oh. uh, you're three years too late, buddy. Like what you know, so uh but man, I mean, it, it's it's tough when you see these guys. I mean, Julio's already what 31, 32, 32 um, this season. He's been been with Atlanta his entire career. It makes that Kyle Pitt selection look a little bit more clear that, you know, they are looking for a, a big time playmaker to potentially step in to that Julio Jones production. So what what was your thoughts upon here as a Falcons fan? Well, if that was the case to what you just said, and like they had some sort of inkling that maybe they'd be getting rid of Julio, then why not get Jamar Chase with that pick instead of Kyle Pitts? That doesn't exactly chive to me unless they thought, okay, maybe Julio stays and then we have this nice compliment in uh in Kyle Pitts, but I don't know, man. The whole thing was so weird. I, I said before we even jumped on, it sounded to me like Julio had no idea that he was live on ESPN. Um, it sucks to hear as a Falcons fan, obviously. Um, you know, Julio is just one of those guys that you would have loved to see play his whole career in the in the black and red, retired as a Falcon. He's the greatest player in franchise history. Not Mike Vick, not Tony Gonzalez, not not uh, Deion Sanders. Uh Julio Jones, man, he's he's just the all-time greatest player, in my opinion, to ever put on that jersey. 
So when he goes out there so nonchalantly, just like, oh, yeah, I'm out of there. Yeah, that stings a little bit. Like, I'm not from Atlanta, but I've been that's been my team since uh, since I was a kid. But uh, I don't know. It's it. I mean, unless he's blowing smoke up Shannon's ass and, and no <laughs> coming, it that it doesn't sound good. And it sounds like he's heading somewhere else. As far as the New England rumors, you're right. That kind of contradicts the whole I want to win now thing. Or you'd think he'd want to go somewhere better than where, you know, he'd be getting. I mean, he'd be the undisputed number one, obviously, in New England. He'd be the undisputed number one almost anywhere he went. Uh, but I mean, getting passes from noodle arm cam seems like quite the downgrade, in my opinion, from Matt Ryan. But I'm curious, what do you, what do you, where do you think he lands, like realistically, and also, you know, maybe a two part question here. What do you think would be best for fantasy? Like, let's assume Atlanta's a done deal. It's in the past. Uh, thanks for the memories, Julio. Where, where do you think he's heading? Oh man, I'm like going, going through my head here. I, I wrote down a couple of teams that I did think were like possible. Uh, I mean, I don't know realistically as far as like contract situations and how that sets up, but maybe some teams that would be in the market for a receiver. I've seen some people flirting with the idea of the Chargers. I mean, good God. Uh, the, the Colts, the Eagles, mm-hmm. the Titans. Yeah. The, the Titans was one. Like, I saw uh, A.J. Brown, he tweeted or whatever, he that he's like, I'd give up 11 if he came to Tennessee. Like, Tennessee is yeah. definitely the like a spot that jumps out as far as a team that desperately needs pass catchers that really didn't do much. Uh, all my Josh Reynolds shares are hanging in the balance in this moment. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like if Julio <laughs> comes into Tennessee, just R.I.P. Josh Reynolds. Unless you think they're uh, going to compete for that spot, I think he's <laughs> no. I don't. I don't necessarily think they're going to compete. I mean, of course, the first spot that always jumps to mind. It's been years. Is like, man, what if he got to Green Bay? Could they? Would that make Aaron Rodgers happy? You know, I mean, like, if that doesn't make Aaron Rodgers happy, what else do you want? Like the <laughs> the best receiver, arguably, of this past generation. Uh, that I mean, that would be all the more reason you would need. You'd think to butter up Aaron Rodgers to stay in Green Bay, throwing a Devonte Adams and Julio Jones for a whole season. Jesus. Yeah, that I was. Yeah, I just think like I think you know San Francisco is another one that gets that's gotten tossed around a little bit just because the Shanahan connection. He's you know he's coached Julio before. That would be a good one. Um, I think even. You know, even when you look at, again, without, I haven't dug into all the cap situation, but like Washington, you know, they've added some nice pieces to their wide receiver group, but they, you know, other McLaurin, they don't really have a, a for sure thing there. And I think Orlowski said it on ESPN. So I'll give him props after the lowest moment in ESPN history when Shan Sharp's just calling someone and holding his phone up to his mic like an idiot. Um, but who am I? I guess. But uh, like, here's someone in the background. Like, tell, tell him you're on TV right now. Yeah, and Shan's like, no, no, I'm gonna tell him at the end. Uh, <laughs> that's but like, my ne- that's my nephew. I'm talking to right now. He's cool. <laughs> yes. Orlowski said that uh, Washington and uh, the Giants are actually like the top two teams in that division. Like, if if the quarterback plays at high at high end, those teams can run away with it. Versus Dak has to play at a high end just to like keep them in competition, which I don't necessarily disagree with like I think Dallas is you know offense is obviously awesome but the defense in Washington's right there if they picked up somebody at the caliber of Julio Jones that'd be a difference maker you're not wrong I was gonna nitpick you right there for a second because Julio did make it clear he wants to play for a winner like ah Washington that's not really a winner but they're maybe one great piece away from being a winner I mean they had a winning record last season with a I'll just say not great offense, but I mean, it's cool to picture Ryan Fitzpatrick airing it out to Julio Jones and Terry McLaurin. I like that a lot. Yeah. That, 
Those are the few spots that are just coming to mind. I mean, there's other spots that need wide receiver help, but I mean, I don't think Julio's going to Detroit anytime soon. Um, so he's going like, to end up somewhere absolutely bizarre that makes no sense. Like, that seems to be how this kind of thing works out. Like, it'll be the Broncos that don't need a wide receiver or the Cardinals. Actually, that's another really? team. I remember Hopkins, he even said something like, Oh, I'll take a pay cut or I'll adjust my salary if Julio comes to play here. The, yeah. uh, you know, so then that offense would essentially be what Hopkins, AJ Green, and Julio Jones, like the three best wide receivers of the past ten years, minus AB, seems to be all they need now. They would just they would just re-sign Larry Fitz just so that they could be like, look at this. <laughs> yeah, they can get Chad Ochocinco back in the lineup. Really get yeah. really get things cooking. Like a a nice looking. Uh, I'm trying to think what, what year that would have been like the best team ever. Twenty. 12 yeah i was gonna say a, a while a while back man but uh yeah it's interesting to think about i you know i don't know what the numbers look like cap wise haven't really dug into all that yet there were more reports came out today like julio's been asking for this for a few months you know and if and the falcons have been looking for a first rounder which i think is insane if they actually got a first rounder for him that would be nuts i don't remember do you, do you remember what they got for muhammad sanu was that a second yeah, that was a second. Dude, man. that is <laughs> one of they, the all-time greatest Falcons trades. Probably yeah. the all-time greatest trade in Falcons history. If they're able to get a second for Mahomes to do, I guess maybe they could get a first for Julio Jones. What do I know? But uh, if they could flip that into a first, that would be – and obviously it would have to need to be a contender, so it would be a later first. But, man, I, I don't know. Well, that'll be a saga to, to keep an eye on because, for me, we just talked about this two weeks ago, Matty Ice is a top – eight quarterback for me at the moment with the three weapons that he now has and a porous defense, um, despite the changes in OC, I think he's in for a big year. And if he loses Julio, he becomes a lot less attractive uh, for fantasy purposes. So that, you know, obviously the value of Julio Jones and Matt Ryan, I think lies in the balance here a bit. Um, You might see a bump to the other two remaining pass catchers in Atlanta, but for now it's speculation and we'll see. You don't usually see superstars moved like this, but uh, time will tell, I guess. How would you adjust Calvin Ridley and or Kyle Pitts in your rankings? Because I don't know how much Calvin Ridley moves for me. I think I was optimistically high on him already. I can't recall it on my rankings right in front of me, but I do know I had Kyle Pitts. I think we both had Kyle Pitts at like tight end six. Yeah. And boy, I'd have trouble not moving him in front of Hawkinson, man, if Julio wasn't there. Because hear me out. I mean, they he commanded fourth overall draft capital. And it's not because he's good at blocking, you know, like he right. has all those tools. He has the tight end designation, but it's not outside the realm of possibility. I don't think that he shows out well in training camp. And then if Julio has gone and they have a positional need that maybe we start hearing reports of, OK, they're lining up Kyle Pitts now at wide receiver. I'm, sh- I'm just throwing shit at the wall right now, but I'm just saying I could totally see the headlines now in a couple months from now. And if that's the case, then I mean, it's Kyle Pitts to the moon. Yeah, I, I think for me, like when we talked about last week with Pitts, we both, yeah, we had him at six. For me, he was in that, t- he was the he was in a tier kind of of his own, like where I think he has more upside than anybody behind him, but I'm just not ready yet, I guess, to to necessarily spend the, vow, the that pick on him. He would definitely jump into that tier with Hawkinson and Andrews for me, um, and probably has just as much upside as either of them, you know. Um, oh, I'd have to so. say, I mean, if we're talking ceiling, like upside, I mean, who... He's got more upside than Travis Kelsey. I mean, I, I mean, if we're talking like what his the pinnacle of Kyle Pitts' rookie season could be, 
I, I don't think that there's any tight end in the league that has more upside. Yeah, and then there's there's zero chance I'm going to be able to afford him then because he's going to go so freaking early it won't matter. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you on Ridley though too. Like I was super high on him. I love Ridley. He's he's a top. He's a top. I think I have him inside my top six. Like I just think he's he's going to be a stud whether Julio's there or not. He's an absolute monster. I don't know if I could move him up any higher than yeah. that. The real impact would be on Matty Ice going down and and Kyle Pitts jumping tears for sure and outpricing himself for me on draft day. All right. Well, let's uh, without any more Julio talk, I'm sure there'll be a little bit here once we start get approaching Calvin Ridley territory and Julio territory in this mock. Uh, but I'm interested to see where these guys go here. We have it set up right now. I'm going to be picking from the 103, Kyle at the 107. Uh, it's going to be single quarterback, two running back, two receivers, a tight end, uh, a couple flexes and a few bench spots. Uh, half PPR, no, no tight end premium on this, Kyle. No, nope. Unfortunately, okay. I don't think that is even an option on the uh, oh. on sleeper for the mock draft. Anyway, obviously they do a great I, job with in league settings, but on this one, no tight end premium on here. That's fine, man. I was just looking for a reason to push Kyle Pitts a little higher <laughs> up in my rankings, but I guess a, a point per or half a point per reception will uh will do just fine. Uh, you want to hit hit the go button on this sucker? We'll see who goes one, two, and then I'll see uh, what I'm dealt with. Yeah, let's see. Let's move this thing here. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, if you're not watching on YouTube, the draft board's going to be up there, so you can always check this out if you want. Um, but uh, should be good to go here. Yeah, it looks like we got the first two picks. Dalvin Cook, 101, and Christian McCaffrey, 102. It's funny. We always talk about Christian McCaffrey being like the obvious 101. That's what he was last year, and people kind of still lean in that direction this year. But I think we'll see a lot of drafts where people are just kind of either worried or there's a lot of things changing in Carolina or I don't know. I'm not one of those guys. McCaffrey's still my 101 if we're talking single quarterback leagues. Uh, but my 102 is still on the board here, so I'm going to defer to Saquon Barkley. Um I want a running back here in the first round. I want a guy who's going to be catching passes. You know how I feel about Alvin Kamara, man. If he swings back to me in the second round, I ain't I'm just kidding. I, I would take him very clearly here in the second round, but uh, I'm scared of Kamara. He went at the 106, so you can't have him, Kyle. You're sitting at the 107. You can't have Derrick Henry. You can't have Nick Chubb. Running backs are falling off the board like crazy. What are you going to do? Yeah, uh, and sitting here at 107 and with six running backs, like you said, already off the board, I, I really think there are seven guys that I really like um, at the running back position, and I want to leave my first round with a running back if possible. Now, I'm guessing you know most of the time you can still grab a guy that you like uh, towards the back end. A few of these receivers might go ahead. Travis Kelsey is in the conversation towards the second round. But for me, there's two guys that are still on the board that I, I've ranked pretty close. Jonathan Taylor is obviously one of those. And Ezekiel Elliott, I think, is still in for a huge bounce back year this season. I know he disappointed last year, but that offense just – not only wasn't whole because of Dak Prescott, just everybody on that offensive line was pretty much injured. They were literally shifting guys in and out of there from one drive to the next. Um, there was not one healthy player on that offensive line all season. So it's really, really difficult. The thing for me with Zeke is I just I do feel like he is still a solid pass catcher. We saw him catching plenty of passes last year. But I'm going to go with JT here just because oh. the tiebreaker is I don't want to be called a homer. So... Oh. <laughs> Man, you faked me out there. All the Zeke talk. I thought for sure that was going to be Ezekiel Elliott, who ended up going two picks after you took Jonathan Taylor. Man, didn't see that one coming at all. Kyle pulling the surprises. The first receiver off the board at 108, Devontae Adams. Uh, Tyreek Hill at 10. Hopkins. 
uh, Aaron Jones and Cam Akers, the next two running backs, a handful of receivers. Kyle, you've got some options here uh, in the second round. Now, at this point, do you have a strategy that you're going with? Like, do you have locked in your mind? Like, all right, listen, I'm leaving the first three rounds with running back, running back, running back. Or are you just taking the best player on the board? Yeah, I definitely will give priority to running back over wide receiver just because I, there's a few there's the guys that I like that are going to be in the middle rounds. When you go wide receiver earlier, like, you know, straight up, like, you know, in a vacuum, do I like, you know, these guys end up going back. These guys went in a row. DK Metcalf, Cam Akers, Calvin Ridley went right before me. There is no question that I love those two wide receivers way more than than Cam Akers. Mm-hmm. Um, even some of the other running backs that could have take that could have gone off the board here that are I'll get to here in a second. Like Justin Jefferson still uh, still on the board as well. Like I love those wide receivers. But when you when you're thinking about the exchange of hey, if I take a receiver here, then I've got to you know I got to prioritize to get a running back later. Those running back names dry up real freaking quick, and you don't want to be stuck with oh I'm I'm sitting here having to rely on guys like Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, you know, those, those types of guys in those middle rounds, when you compare to the receivers that I know are going to be available. So you, you got to just, you know, get out of the vacuum just a little bit and see about that positional scarcity. The crazy thing is I'm sitting here now at the two Oh six. So second, obviously second round, Travis Kelsey has not been selected yet. And I was thinking about it, dude, he is, he is such a freaking difference maker at the position. If you don't go tight end in that first, really two rounds, unless you're at at the unless you're one of the first few picks, you can probably get Waller in the early to mid round three, and then for there, it's kind of like I'm punting because I'm not going to get Hawkinson where I need him or Pitts where I need him to be. Um, they're going to go just too early for my taste. So this is a little bit tougher for me. I'm staring down Travis Kelsey, like him a lot. I mentioned the receivers, Justin Jefferson, according to the ADP, is the at the top of the board. Um, but Keenan Allen still available, Allen Robinson, the Cowboys wide receivers. I really like, but the running backs, there's a lot of the sophomore guys are still left besides JT. If this was full PPR, I would be slam dunking right now. Austin Eckler all the way home. Like he, if if you can get him in the second round of all your drafts, that's freaking unbelievable. And I'm doing that all day, but for the fun of it, I think I'm going to go Travis Kelsey here just to see what my team looks like by taking tight end early. Um, experiment with this is our first mock draft. And I start off with JT and Travis Kelsey. Um, I hope to God I don't hate my running backs here in just a few moments as we get further along. <laughs> I'm worried about your receivers here. I'm noticing a tendency in the way you draft because we just got done doing the DWZ Australia League. I get the feeling you think you can get pretty deep in these drafts without taking a receiver. You have this little cockiness about you where you can get into the fifth round without even uh, taking a receiver. I'm, we're going to see how this goes. I'm just saying it looks like it's how it's, how it's uh, playing out right now. Uh, three picks went after Kyle. It was Joe Mixon, Justin Jefferson, and Austin Eckler. I wanted either Joe Mixon or Austin Eckler to fall to me right there. Um, just as two other guys. I mean, if I can leave the first two rounds with two running backs who are going to get all of their carries, and now I'm talking Saquon and Mixon here, and are also going to be pass catchers in the offense, maybe more of that Eckler role. I mean, Austin Eckler, man, you, you said it a little bit there. Uh, I feel like we're not talking enough about a true Austin Eckler ceiling. I mean, if he gets back to what he was doing, what, two years ago, um, I mean, he we're, we're talking top five running back potential out of this guy. I don't know how much Justin Jackson's going to compete for carries or Joshua Kelly, RIP. That was a fun run. But, <laughs> uh, dude, I, I love Austin Eckler. He's going to be catching a ton of passes. But you know who else is going to be cu- catching a ton of passes? 
I'm going to go for a running back here, and I'm going to reach a little bit because I think this is going to more so reflect uh, ADP come draft season. I'm going to give me a little Najee Harris here in the second Ooh. round. Oh, yeah. All right. You know what? Now that I'm watching the draft play out, I, I noticed that I've made a mistake. <laughs> Because picking at 103, there were only four picks till it swung back to me. So even in this mock, I could have absolutely got Najee at that at that third pick. Uh, but man, he is going to be a monster in that Pittsburgh offense. It is going to be just Najee. I don't think we're going to see any Anthony McFarland or uh, who is that other bum they have in that backfield? I mean, Benny Snell. Benny they brought in Kalen Balaj. Yeah. Oh, Kalen Balaj is there too. Yeah. Now we got some real some real competition. No man, yeah. it's going to be the Najee Harris show. And a couple episodes ago, I talked to you about um, uh, what's going to happen as far as his ADP. You know, oh, July is going to come around. We're going to start seeing videos of Najee Harris out there catching passes in the slot. Sure enough, the other day I see a video of Najee Harris. He's catching a pass behind his back, running a nice route. Uh, I I think this guy's going to end up being a PPR monster. On top of that, he's got, you know, I'll just say double-digit touchdown upside. The, The dude could be a monster. Maybe it's a bit of a reach here in the second round. I'm having a little bit of fun, but I love looking at Saquon Barkley and Najee Harris is my uh, running back stack to start this draft. I haven't even looked now. I'm on the clock here uh, in the third round, 3-0-3, and I'm going to dip into the wide receivers here because I feel like Kyle needs one, and uh, <laughs> the, the selection isn't going to be too nice when it comes back to me. we got Michael Thomas and Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin, uh, these are the names sitting at the top of the board. And then there's kind of a teardrop, at, at least the way I see it. And then you start to get into, you know, the question marks around Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, Robert Woods, Amari Cooper, all guys that you like, but not guys that I think are as consistent as a guy like Keenan Allen. That's who I'm taking right here. Um, assuming that freaking Julio Jones doesn't end up in uh, Los Angeles catching passes from Justin Herbert. I think that we get much of what we saw from Keenan Allen last year, where it's like it poses as a 2019 Michael Thomas type season. I think he has a real chance to just lead the lead the entire league in receptions. He can lead the league in targets. Mike Williams isn't a threat. Uh, I, Keenan Allen is just going to be he's going to be dynamite this season, man. I'm very comfortable with him as my wide receiver one. You're on the clock now, Kyle. Uh, Michael Thomas went right after Keenan Allen. I was kind of torn between them, by the way. Uh, and then McLaurin and Allen Robinson. Real quick before you make your pick, Keenan Allen or Michael Thomas? It's Allen for me, like not even close. You know, like if if Taysom Hill retired tomorrow, maybe I would take Michael <laughs> Thomas. But like it's Allen. He's got his quarterback situation is far and above Michael Thomas. I think even like when they're you know, I think when you look at what Michael Thomas's best can be without Drew Brees, I think he that is pretty close if you take out the quarterbacks just, you know, for Keenan Allen as well. I think they're pretty close as it is, but the quarterback situation, you don't need to worry about what Sean Payton is going to conjure up there. You can just roll with Keenan Allen, know he's got a stud young Q- QB throwing the ball to him, and he is the no, you know, unquestioned alpha in that offense. So I really, you know, as much as his touchdown upside isn't necessarily there, I think in the third round, even as a wide receiver, and as a wide receiver one on your fantasy team, yeah, it's a slam dunk. I, I love the value with Allen there at three. Um, which is even the better reason to go with running back, running back, you know, when you're looking at, you know, the guys that's there, McLaurin's still there. A Rob went off right before me, uh, looking at the wide receivers that are still left. Uh, I both Tampa Bay wide receivers, which I like, you know, I prefer Godwin, but he's there. Both Dallas wide receivers are still there. Uh, DJ Moore is still, uh, available. You mentioned Julio. I don't, he's not in consideration for me, even with all this other stuff going on. Like, you know, I, um, but there, there's still some wide receiver one still available here in round three. 
Uh, be, before I get to my pick, I want to. So here, the first two teams that are actually picking on the other side of you. This was interesting. Team one, and again, this is all like ADP sleeper. So we're kind of going off what the system will let us do here. But Dalvin Cook, George Kittle, Patrick Mahomes at the one hundred and one. Like, if this is a three round draft, you're like, damn, you probably got. You could potentially have the RB one, the tight end one, and the QB one on your yeah, roster. Like, that's I'm always not, mad, I'm not like. mad about that. But we'll see how that one plays out. But what's your thoughts on this team too here? Because if I walked away with this uh, McCaffrey-Gibson-Swift combo from the two slot, what's your thoughts on those three running backs all in a row? I think you're, you know, you're really swinging for the fences at that point. It looks like a play where you're playing in a full PPR league and you're going into it with the mentality that we were talking about before where you just – you you have locked in your strategy. Okay, I'm I'm leaving here with three rock solid running backs that are going to catch passes. And I mean, they got that in McCaffrey, Gibson, and Swift. Um, the only two running backs to go off the board so far since I made that Najee pick at two ten have been Antonio Gibson and DeAndre Swift. And I still I'm confident I would take Najee Harris over both of them. So I, I'm still interested to see how the running backs play as it goes along. But I, I'm looking back, I still like that pick. You're sitting on the clock here, a uh, minute 45 to go. You've got Jonathan Taylor. You've got Travis Kelsey. I've go, oh man, are you taking a receiver here? Don't do it. Don't <laughs> I'm not taking a receiver here because the running backs that are available are crazy good. <laughs> running backs I'm staring down at the top of the board right now is Clyde Edwards Hilaire and, and according to uh, sleeper ranking. Um, but there's another running back I'm going to go. And then in the and uh, before I make the pick, another reason I want to go running back for sure is. I don't. I know that at least probably I would say six to. I wouldn't be surprised if seven, almost seven running backs came off the board. Well, I guess it's only eight picks. I think five to six running backs come off the board here because there's three teams behind me that have gone wide receiver, wide receiver. So they're probably you know we'll see. It's all you know. It's based off the system and uh, auto pick here. But I'm gonna go with J.K. Dobbins because it's half point PPR. I don't care that he doesn't catch passes. He's in this Baltimore offense. That's going to give him a ton of run, a ton of opportunity uh, with a rushing quarterback alongside of him. And I think this guy is an absolute monster. I prefer Dobbins over Akers in half PPR or non PPR. And Dobbins almost went an entire round after Cam Akers. So as much as I do love CEH and he's a guy that if I can get in round three, I would be pumped as hell. Um, it, in, in, you know, if it's not full PPR, I'm going to lean Dobbins as far as those sophomore running backs going head to head here. So uh after me only five wide receivers went off the board or five running backs went off the board so miles sanders went then julio chris godwin uh clyde edwards hilaire then jacobs and carson on the turn then david montgomery in round four and this is what i'm talking about like if you're not a big david montgomery fan he went at the start of round four so you might want to get your running backs before then <laughs> what, are, what are your thoughts on montgomery because what hold on i have it right here in front of me do 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 David Montgomery finished as the <laughs> RB6 last season. That RB6 is insane. I mean, do you think that was all just phony one-hit wonder stuff, or is there something to this David Montgomery? No, I, I think that that is a, a combination of the, an insanely cake schedule down the stretch, for one. That losing Tariq Cohen midseason and having no alternatives by any means on that roster – uh, so he inherited not only the role of the primary rushing downs back, but he was a better pass catcher because of the ability, you know, the opportunities that he got that he, he probably will not otherwise have. So, um, you know, he'll, he'll be fine. You know, if I get him in round five as my, you know, RB two on a wide receiver heavy team or RB three, like I feel good about that. 
but I don't really think there's any big difference between, you know, I don't think there's a huge gap difference between him and like Miles Gaskin, Kareem Hunt. Um, you know, there's the names drive quick for sure, but Mike Davis, like I, I think those guys and Montgomery are in that same tier. So there's there's not a chance I'm taking David Montgomery early fourth round, late fourth, early fifth. You know, it dry. You know, he's still a RB two. Um, but man, that's it. Just it gets really gross, like fast. I think, I think that's a great point when you brought up Mike Davis. I've done a few mock drafts, and he. I know maybe it's because it's you know sleeper ADP or whatever ADP hasn't caught up to the fact that Mike Davis is RB one for the Falcons. But you know, if if I'm comparing Mike Davis versus David Montgomery, maybe you know the scales are sort of even. But when you compare their ADPs, give me Mike Davis a few rounds from now uh, over over David Montgomery when we still have guys like Robert Woods, Kenny Galladay, Mike Evans still on the board of receivers, C.D. Lamb. Uh, did I just spoil your pick? <laughs> I'm definitely I'm looking receiver here because, like I, I said, the running backs for me dried up. Like I don't want any. I don't the guys that are left on the yep. board at the top right now, Gaskin, Hunt, Melvin Gordon. It's over. Yeah. Like I don't I don't want any of these guys here. Uh Mike Davis is still interesting to me, but like that's a name I'm like kind of tucking away. He's not at the top yet, but he will become drafted as far as kind of who's at the top of the board yep. on whatever site you're playing on. For me, the wide receivers are still really solid here. Uh you got both the Rams guys available, Mike Evans. Um for me it really comes down to two players. Uh I really like the Rams receivers, but I think I can get one of them later and I don't really care which one it is. Um so for me it's coming down to two players and that's CD Lamb and DJ Moore. Uh I think DJ Moore is in for another solid season. Uh I picked him up in, you know, this range. He was going like 4th, 5th round last year. Felt really good about that, but his touchdown upside still scares me a bit. You know, he just hasn't put that together yet. The catches are great, yardage is, is fine. But I think I'm going to shoot for the the moon a little bit here. Uh, Amari Cooper went two picks ahead of me. That would have been my pick, honestly, straight up. Like, I think I'd rather have Cooper in that offense, even though Lamb might have a little bit more upside. But I have what's left for me here. So I'm going to go with CeeDee Lamb at the 406 as my wide receiver one. Oh. And uh, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> Man, I'm watching. I can't believe I'm getting sniped by the computer right now. So. I, I, you know, at this point in the draft, like you just said, we talked about the running backs are sort of drying up. That really wasn't a, much of a consideration for me. Maybe Mike Davis, uh, you know, we'll see if Atlanta adds to the running back position or how training camp shakes out, but maybe Mike Davis right there. But I was pretty set on a wide receiver and Deontay Johnson was like six, <laughs> six players deep on this list. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'll reach for him a little bit here instead of waiting for him to come around. But right before me, uh, you know, Kyle takes CD lamb. Then it goes, Robert Woods, Mike Evans, Deontay Johnson. So now, yeah. uh, back to the drawing board and you know what, I'm just going to take advantage of what Kyle allowed to happen here. And <laughs> I'll just take me some DJ Moore, which I'm not going to call the best of a bad situation because I mean, there's some, there's some ballers still here on the board. Uh, it was kind of close between DJ Moore and Kenny Galladay for me. I just feel like there's <laughs> some more question marks. Uh, surrounding Kenny Galladay and really that whole Giants offense. And you know what? Maybe maybe I should have looked at – and tell me how you feel about this, Kyle. As far as like uh, position – or maybe uh, like team stacks, like Saquon Barkley and Kenny Galladay. Are you into doing stuff like that or is that like totally out of your mind? I remember back in the day like when I first started playing fantasy football, uh, my dad always told me – or he was always about to hook up with the quarterback and the receiver. It was like, <laughs> you go on a mission to make sure you have that hookup because when there's a touchdown, it counts as two. 
Uh, do you ever do any sort of strategy around that? Is it ever in the back of your head at least? Not really. Like the only time, the only time, honestly, I really considered it at all is when I'm in the later rounds. And if I've taken a flyer on a wide receiver, I generally don't go with two from that same team. So like, I'm sure we'll probably get here because these are two guys I really like. And so one of them will probably be on my team, but like, I wouldn't take Mims and more from the jets. Like I, I would take just, I'll take my shot on the one and I'll like kind of diversify somewhere else. Other than that, like I don't really look at my team too much and, and then, you know, and say like, ah, I'm going to give the edge to somewhere else. Cause I already have another playmaker from that team. Like if the offense is good, I want as many pieces as I can get. Um, you know, so it's, it's fun. And, and if that's what you want to, you know, if that's how you like to play, I don't mind stacking my QB and my receiver. Um, you know, I, I totally get the intrigue of that, but generally I'm just going to go with whatever player I feel is best and kind of, I'm not really looking at the back at the rest of my roster yet. Well, I'm on the clock here at five Oh three. And this next pick is an absolute slam dunk for me. It's not even close. And there's, I don't even got to consider it just to give you an idea here, what we're looking at real quick. I got my team with Saquon Barkley, Najee Harris at running back, and then Keenan Allen and DJ Moore at wide receiver. I could only wish that this was a full PPR league. <laughs> now I'm going to take advantage of sleepers unadjusted ADPs. And I'm going to get me a little Jamar chase right here. Oh, you son of a gun. <laughs> Uh, damn yeah. it <laughs> you're not i don't think you're gonna get that kind of value in in september but fifth round if jamar chase is still there man i'm taking it we've talked plenty about his upside and he's gonna smash all the bengals records and i believe him so uh i'm gonna take him here as my third wide receiver off the board and just <laughs> let those receptions flow into team shake and bake jake oh Man, I'm pissed because yeah, I, you know what? And I gotta thank you for riffing for that last couple of minutes because I needed to surf through these names here. Because at the top of their wide receiver list, I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't want Tyler Lockett right here with this pick or <laughs> Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, uh, and I saw T Higgins right there, and I'm like, wait a minute, yeah, he's the wide, uh, receiver, he's the wide receiver too. I, so I, uh, yeah, very excited with Jamar Chase with that pick. Yeah, I like that value a ton. Only one running back came off the board after you. That was Cream Hunt. We're kind of still talking about the same names. Edmonds, ETN here. Uh, and then you get into just the disgusting, you know, David Johnson, Robinson, Ronald Jones, according to this. Mike Davis is still here because, again, that's not adjusted yet. Uh, that will jump up. I think Chase is a great – I mean, I think this is about where he will go. Um, so? Yeah, I, I think so. When you're looking at the, – like, for me – you know, Deontay Johnson, Moore, Thielen, Galladay were the four wide receivers right ahead of him. Um, and then still on the board, for me, my rankings would go like Cup, Ayuk, and then Higgins, uh, to be honest with you. And I'm, I'd am i rather take the upside with Jamar Chase just to to see how it plays out. I mean, that's way, that's way more exciting for me. I can get some guys that will hold down the fort later on in my draft if I, if I want some floor. But if I'm looking for extreme upside, you just picked up Jamar Chase in the fifth round. He's your wide receiver three. And... I think this that sky's the limit for him right out of the gate. So you ended up with you have Najee and Jamar Chase, which is pretty funny. Um, you call but, him wide receiver flea. I, <laughs> wide receiver three. I call him flex number one. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. I mean, it's it's definitely solid, and that's a guy that I was kind of looking for. When you go, when you pass on the position, whether and it's much easier to do with wide receiver, obviously, because the position is so deep. But like when you pass on those guys, I definitely take the approach of like let's shoot. You know. Let's shoot high, you know, and 
that's what I did with CD Lamb. If I would have had Chase as my wide receiver too, I'd have been thrilled with that. You know, like that's like that, a, a team that dynasty gamers salivate over. <laughs> CD Lamb, Jamar Chase. I mean, all you're missing is Najee at that point. Oh man, it, it would have been really nice to get him there. I thought that you you might have not seen him uh, still hanging out there, but no dice. So I, I'm sitting here. My team is uh, is JT at the running back position. My first pick. I went Travis Kelsey in round two at the 206. We'll see how this plays out. Dobbins in the third round, and then CeeDee Lamb in round four. Real quick, Kyle, any regrets on the Kelsey pick? Not yet, because uh, I still there's some receivers I really like, uh, and I think there's enough where I can maybe get one here and the next round and feel really really good um, about it. Uh, but it, I was a little surprised to see like. Waller went early fourth, so he was definitely kind of hanging around there. I could have, in theory, then gone like Eckler and then Waller in round three. Um, but uh, yeah, the tight ends have been interesting. I took Kelsey in round two, Kittle at the end of round two, Waller at the beginning of round four, and then Hawkinson in the middle of round five. Man, I, I, I get it. I like Hawkinson a lot, but that is just that's not even a round difference between him and Waller. And I think they are completely different players. So, um, Honestly, that tight end position is always an interesting one to me because it really dictates how your team is going to look. And th- and there's really just you know maybe two to three guys that are really going to have that you know that option, and then they're you know, seeing how the rest of their team shakes out. But clock's ticking away here. I'm staring down some wide receiver picks I really like. Cooper Cup's at the top. I love Cooper Cup. I think paired with uh, Matthew Stafford, it's, it's going to be magic there. Robert Woods went pretty much one round ahead of time. I like them. I have them back to back. Like I, I, I don't really care which one. I'll take the cheapest one right now. That's Cooper Cup. The other option for me that's in consideration, Brandon Ayuk is somebody that I, I really like a ton. I think that he's going to be in for another successful season. I haven't gotten all the way through his stats yet. As far as I really want to see kind of the breakdown. I know he really didn't get going until the second half a bit, and Kittle was dealing with some injuries. Um, but. Man, I'm just going to go Cooper Cup. I think that he's a solid wide receiver too. I think he can continue to be a touchdown, uh, you know, red zone threat, even without Jared Goff being there. And I think with Stafford, obviously that's a QB upgrade and he's going to lean heavy on Woods and Cup. Um, Those are clearly the two best options in that passing game. Not real threat. That's what happens when your team drafts a a buck 40 wide receiver behind you Mm -hmm. um, in round two. So there you go. I am back. And what do you know? I'll just make this quick because Brandon Ayuk is still on the board for me uh, <laughs> in round six behind behind my pick in the middle of round five. Goddard and Andrews went in round five. Someone else can deal with that problem. There's no way in hell I want that value with either of those guys. Dak and Lamar almost also came off on this turn. And the receiver and the running backs are drying up even more. Edmonds, ETN, David Johnson and Mostert off the board here. Uh, the only commentary I guess I'll leave with this pick is Mike Davis is technically still available. He'd be a great wide receiver, uh, running back three for me. I totally get that, but I'm just still going to go with Ayuk. I think that as him as my wide receiver three, I feel really, really comfortable with that. So I've gone running back, tight end, running back, and then three straight wide receivers with Lamb, Cup, and Ayuk. Jake, kicking it back to you now. Yeah, uh, I know it's a one quarterback league, but I, I was really hoping this was going to be the round that I was going to make the move and it was going to be whoever fell to me, Dak Prescott or Lamar Jackson. So you know how that shakes out. Both of them go off right before it comes back to me. And that kind of sucks because that's where that tier break is for me, like where the superstar tier break is. I mean, Justin Herbert's still there, man, but it's so hard in a one quarterback league to justify making that pick over some of these guys that I'm still looking at. I mean, there's some talented receivers still on the board. Cortland Sutton. Juju Smith-Schuster is the last remaining of the three Steelers wide receivers. Um, 
that went Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool uh, just this past round, and then Juju still on the board. I like Will Fuller still out there. Um, but there's there's one spot where there's that big tier break, and you mentioned it right before your pick. And where the hell is he? There he is, Mike Davis <laughs> of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I, again, maybe I'm cheating here. I shouldn't expect to get that kind of value with that pick, I don't think. I mean, the sixth round, even for a guy like Mike Davis, I mean, maybe people are sleeping on him hardcore, but last season he was fantastic in relief of Christian McCaffrey. So if he comes back and he's a fraction of that as the workhorse, I mean, Kyle, tell me you saw that picture that's going around on Twitter of those quads. The quads. Yes. Yes, the quads of Mike Davis, obviously RB1. Those, uh, those quads yeah. look like they're ready to plunge into the end zone. <laughs> Dude, honestly, his upside is just as high as, you know, Gaskin went two rounds before him. Which oh. that, you know, that doesn't make, you know, it's not going to be that That's way when this thing shakes out. Davis, you know, honestly, like if, if Davis was there, if I, you know, for Davis was there for me, that should have probably been the pick, but I was kind of just seeing if, you know, how this would play out because I think Davis is just not going to be available at that time there's no way in my opinion you know that at that uh Edmonds, david johnson mostert that those guys are going to go ahead of mike davis come draft day um so yeah i mean great pick he's obviously a bit available for you there and he's your third running back he's going to fill a flex spot for you i mean that's money he's definitely far and away the best running back probably taken in any of the last you know it's going to be the last three rounds here so yeah, the running backs before him being Raheem Mostert, David Johnson, Travis Etienne, the Damian Harris. I mean, yeah, uh, you'll you'll never see it in a couple months, but uh, maybe that pick right there raises the ADP. You're welcome, sleeper. Anyways, <laughs> I'm back on the clock. Leonard Fournette went off the board there at 702 for you, Leonard Fournette. Truthers still out there. I'm with you. Uh, I uh, looking at positional needs here. I still don't have a tight end, but looking at the board, it's like. I, I'm not ready, in a, especially if there's no tight end premium, to make the dive for Kyle Pitts. Now, if Julio is traded, I'm super happy taking Kyle Pitts with this pick. I'll do it with zero regrets because there's really no, I don't want to say receiver of consequence, but there's no clear-cut wide receiver too. I love this guy every single week kind of guy. I mean, Cortland Sutton is kind of fringe that guy. We know how much I hate Drew Locke. I mean, and hate the mean word. I you know how much I recognize how bad of a thrower Drew Locke is. <laughs> and I think that's going to affect Cortland Sutton. Uh, DJ Chark, Will Fuller, Tyler Boyd. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to make the move here on the guy that I think is the wide receiver one on his team uh, and just make, make the move on Cortland Sutton. You know, Jerry Judy, he looks good. I, I think Jerry Judy's still underrated. I think he can be great for redraft this year, and he's going to be a guy who I think is going to be a tremendous value. He, you know, his, his stats and Cortland Sutton's stats might not be that different by the end of the season, but their ADPs will be se- separated by a few rounds. But um, I think a lot of people forget just how dominant Cortland Sutton was. I mean, you go just go to YouTube and look at some of his contested catches one-on-one in the end zone. I mean, it's some sick stuff. Uh, just some absolutely amazing acrobatic catches. The guy can just dominate the defender. Uh, you know, I don't got to speak too much on Cortland Sutton. You've seen this guy play, but um, I'm super happy with that in the seventh round. That gives me a receiver core of Keenan Allen, DJ Moore, Jamar Chase, and Cortland Sutton to go with the running backs, Saquon Barkley, Najee Harris, and Mike Davis. So all in all, I'm pretty excited about that team. I think there's a lot of stability there. I think there's a lot of upside. So, I mean, that's what I'm that's what I'm chasing in the first uh, five, six, seven rounds. 
Uh, after I made that, uh, you have something to say, Kyle? Oh, no, I was going to say, I like how your team shook out. I mean, looking at it now on the board, like, if you, in theory, if you went three running backs, let's say you went Barkley, Harris, and Dobbins, your your wide receivers would still – and then you could – let's say you didn't take Davis. Let's say you took Juju up in on that spot instead because you already had three running backs. You know, you could have been looking at DJ Moore, Jamar Chase, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Sutton. Like, that's m- pretty close to the team – you know, how I'm generally going to be drafting more than likely – trying to get those those big name running backs and when you're at the at the front of the your draft you're you know there's still plenty of guys there at the end of round two early round three at running back where you can really load up um and this receiver position is still super super deep um you know it's just it's going to be challenging to 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 take those big name like the you know Medcalf and Ridley and Jefferson like that's because, that, is, you know, that is the tough part man because I mean those are like the lottery ticket players I mean if mm-hmm. I mean, there's no reason why DK Metcalf can't be the undisputed wide receiver one this season by like an enormous margin. And then you pass up on him to take like Joe Mixon. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, tough. Yeah, it is, man. But this, this position runs, uh, that position runs deep at wide receiver. I was super pumped as much as like you definitely said, like there was a quarterback teardrop. Wilson and Herbert came off the board right ahead of me. And I'm usually. At, in the moment, it's like, damn, like those guys are elite quarterbacks. And what am I looking at here? You know, I'm looking at the running backs. I'm staring down, you know, James Conner, Kenyon Drake, uh, Williams for Denver. You know, there, there's just not a lot of running backs there. There are some receivers that are still like, but like Noah Fant, Kyle Pitts at at tight end. Like you might be thinking like, man, these quarterbacks are just better plays. I'm going to feel better about starting them every week. But there's still plenty of guys left. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to freak out about that. And I'm going to be thrilled that those quarterbacks did come off the board because that leaves, I think is the last real remaining wide receiver that I'm, I'd be super excited about as much as I do love Tyler Boyd and he is still available. Uh, I think DJ Chark's the man in Jacksonville. He just got a huge QB upgrade. Um, you know, he, he had a down season last year, but uh, as getting him here in the middle of round seven, I still think he's the wide receiver one. Uh, in Jacksonville, and I w- I'm loving getting him here. Even if I would have gone, um, you know, with another running back earlier, if he's even my wide receiver three, I'm pumped about that. So to get him this late, feel really good about that. And I'm always glad to see quarterbacks go ahead of me uh, in my drafts. So looking at all those running backs I just mentioned came off the board. You had <laughs> Logan Thomas come off the board and Noah Fant. So technically, Kyle Pitts is still sitting there. technically i'll 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 get to that i guess in a second but uh a couple more uh quarterbacks including your boy jalen hurts coming off the board in round eight what is that gotta be two four six eight qb nine off the board so man i think adp is lining up where we have him ranked right now well wait until julio signs in philadelphia (laughs) that would just that would be god awful i don't think i don't want any part of that either but uh anyway Kyle, so I'll mention this just for a second. Kyle Pitts is available and he's on the board. He will not be here in round eight. If he was, I would take him here and that would that would be great value. I would even take him here with Travis Kelsey already on my team. <laughs> even though with it not being tight end premium, I would say, screw it. I'm going to make sure that even I'm going to have even more of an advantage every week with Travis Kelsey because I just stole another tight end from you guys. And I think that Kyle Pitts is right, you know, it, you know, is right there as flex worthy, uh, even in non tight end premium. He's that he's that big of a difference maker in round eight. I mean, that's just craziness. So I'm gonna skip on him here, <laughs> uh, just because of that. But I I love uh, I love that value. It's freaking insane. Um, 
I'm I've gone four straight wide receivers. I don't love the running backs are still even though I only have two. It's just gonna keep getting uglier. But honestly, like it's it's just the high end handcuff guys right now. AJ Dillon. I like Gus Edwards quite a bit, even though I have Dobbins that you know I would take Edwards in probably round nine, um, just because I think that he's you know he's gonna carry some value regardless. They run the ball a ton there. That second running back usually gets some good looks. Um, you're looking at uh, you know Trey Sermon still on the board. Uh, Naeem Hines, but with it being half PPR, no dice here. Same thing with Tariq Cohen. There's just nobody I really, really love. There's, there is a guy that I, you know, that I might consider here that I haven't mentioned yet, but I think I'm just going to go, I'm going to go wide receiver one, another time. I'm going to shoot for the upside. I mean, you mentioned his running mate in Denver. I'm going to go Jerry Judy. Saw a ton of looks last year. Didn't bring him down because they were freaking uncatchable. Um, and, but, uh, I, I think that those, I think that could turn around a bit and he's going to have a successful sophomore season has a ton of upside here. So that's why I'm going to go ahead and take him because again, I didn't take my first wide receiver till round four. So I, I like the upside picks, you know, with going with lamb cup is feels a little bit more floor than ceiling, but then Ayuk, Chark and Judy feels like I, I got enough upside there to balance out the fact that I waited on wide receiver a bit. Now you're telling me with a straight face, you're sure you don't regret the Kelsey thing because it looks like you might have hit the panic button a little bit. I'm not saying the team doesn't look good, but starting with round four, going Lamb, Cup, Ayuk, Chark, Judy. It sounds like you might have pulled the ripcord there and been like, "Oh shit, I'm in trouble." No, yeah. I, that's how I. That's how I'm probably going to roll wide receivers, no matter what, regardless what those first three picks are. I'm probably taking those wide receivers, even like unless I went wide receiver, wide receiver. Like let's say I took. Jefferson there like the, the running backs get really really gross like I you know I probably would have taken oof Jesus like maybe ugh, like nobody was there like maybe I could have gone Gaskin around four like you know I'm I'm we'll see uh, the rest of the way here we'll load it up but you know I yeah I, I don't care I'm gonna take those mid-round wide receivers you can pretty much pencil me in for three to four of them in yeah. rounds four through eight that's the thing it kind of becomes the the spot of the draft where like you can't take a tight end because the big five or so are gone. You can't take a running back because every starter is gone. You don't want to take a quarterback because you can capitalize on that value at the end. So by default, you're just drafting all the wide receivers. Yeah, pretty much. I guess that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I mean, totally makes sense to me, man. I mean, I'm looking at the list here and there's still some nice guys. I'm on the clock with like three minutes left. Uh, Debo Samuel. I mean, when did you take Brandon Ayuk? I took uh, it in round six. Round six, yeah. And I mean, we're just, we're three rounds later now. And I mean, is there that big of a gap between Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel if they're both healthy? A big asterisk there on if, if they're both healthy. But um, I mean, especially if Ayuk were to go down, we don't bet on injuries or anything or predict injuries. But if Ayuk's not in the picture, I mean, Debo Samuel's a stud. Plus, I hear they have a new quarterback in in town. So. Um, <laughs> I heard that too. I'm not committed to that pick yet. I'm still looking here. Robbie Anderson, man, he scared me when he went to Carolina, and then uh, he kind of showed me up there. He was practically the wide receiver one in Carolina. But um, now with um, who did they draft? Help me out here. LSU. Terrace Marshall, thank you. Uh, the addition of Terrace Marshall. They've got DJ Moore. They got rid of Curtis Samuel, but still, um, you know, I'll, I'll hit that uh, too many mouths to feed cliche. Uh, just makes me nervous. Sam Darnold's got some question marks about him. We said before, I'm not, excuse me, I'm not taking any tight ends right now. Uh, you know, again, if Kyle Pitts was here, slam dunk pick, I'm taking that every day. 
the running backs on the board, AJ Dillon, Devin Singletary, Naeem Hines. I really wish I had a, like a fart sound effect on this <laughs> board. Note to self, get that, get that going. Uh, you know what? I'm going to step outside my comfort zone here. I feel like that there's some freaking solid quarterback talent on the board. There's at least one guy on the board that I think could finish as a top five quarterback. He's Joe Burrow, man. You oh, yes. You nice. remember just a year ago when he was the hotness? Recent reports say he's coming back for week one, healthier than ever. Recent reports say that he's a better quarterback than ever. Uh, I'm just I'm sticking with Joe Burrow, man. And the ad- addition of Jamar Chase. That's right. I got the Jamar. Your dad Chase. would be proud. My dad, <laughs> yes. <laughs> My dad would be very proud. The Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase stack. Absolutely nasty. Uh, that will be my last quarterback until the last round of the draft. However, now that it circles around Debo Samuel goes to pick right after me. So that guy, you know, the computer was hearing me talk. Obviously they were, they're listening to the podcast. Clearly. AJ Dillon at eight twelve, Jarvis Landry puke at nine one. Oh, come on. I love that pick. Actually. <laughs> oh, God. Is Odell Beckham on the board still? Odell Beckham's trash. <laughs> <laughs> I went, honestly, I was debating between Landry and Judy at, uh, at pick eight. And I just thought like, I, I'd rather go with the upside. Like Landry is just such a floor play and he's just a guy you can kind of plug and play in there, but he's not going to turn himself into an every week starter. My hope is that Judy can, but obviously I think we know where you and I stand on Jarvis Landry in that situation. For the record, Odo Beckham did get drafted in round six, and now Jarvis Landry in round nine. Like, okay, I can come to terms with Give that, that. Yeah. that sort of value. Uh, but yeah, and then Robbie Anderson at nine two, the other guy that I was looking at. So I'm starting completely from scratch here uh, after the Joe Burrow pick. Let's see what we got here. Dude, I can't. I'll, I'll let you like take a peek at the board. I can't emphasize enough how freaking like insane it is that this hasn't adjusted for Kyle Pitts being off the board. Like, what you know, when you guys, if you guys look at this later, like there is no reason that he should be there. He will I not wanna, be there. I want to see how far it goes. Like, he will not be here come come draft day. There's already been at least four tight ends that I know for sure will not be taken over him on draft day. Uh, he's going to be around five guy would be my guess. And if Julio goes, I mean, he's definitely going to be around five. He might even be around four. I mean, people are going to go freaking berserk for this kid. I still got three minutes on the clock here. You want to tell me why Robert Tanyan has a wide receiver designation? Uh, so it's funny as hell because I had a draft over the weekend and it's tight end premium. And this guy has Robert Tanyan on his team. I don't know why the hell he has two, two position eligibility on sleeper, but for whatever reason, he was saying that, la- and I didn't own any Robert Tanyan in, on in any leagues last year. But apparently, like the le- the site wouldn't let him plug him into a wide receiver slot. So I was like, well, why the hell then does he have dual position eligibility here? Uh, it's just annoying. I hate when I hate when host sites, um, you know, change yep. position uh designations midway through the season or add one here most time it's complete waste of time like Lim Bowden's getting dual like who gives a flying shit about that you're not starting that guy in any position and if you know you're telling me you just can't put him in the flex like you know so whatever but yes that's frustrating as hell to me because as a commissioner I'm like I don't have any control over that I can't do anything about it um so yeah there's there's my rant for the day a minute 50 on the clock here. And I'm going to do something that actually I do this a lot in dynasty leagues. Maybe I'm, I could have done it, Kyle, in the league that we're in together. But I'm a man. I'm a big win now guy. So I don't mind looking past like age and others. Like, you know, I'm looking at their rankings mm-hmm. here on Sleeper. And, we're, you know, we got Corey Davis, Marquise Brown, Devontae Parker. It's all Marquise very Brown. 
it's all very uninspiring. I feel like I know what I'm getting from all these guys. What about a guy who was the best wide receiver in the world like two years ago? I'm talking about Antonio Brown. Oh, <laughs> I'm taking Antonio Brown in the ninth round in hopes. Oh, and Kyle Pitts goes right after Antonio Brown. Man, I should have taken Kyle Pitts, damn it. I, I, I can't. Antonio Brown. I mean, <laughs> Who, what wide receiver on the board do you want over Antonio Brown? Are you going to take a shot on well, Marvin Jones? Is there even – is he want, even technically want, signed – you want LaVisca Chenault? Is he even technically signed in Tampa Bay? Yeah, yeah I think. Are you yeah. sure? I'm, I'm, I'm like ninety percent sure that he's signed. Uh, I, I would do your, you know, if you're listening to this, do your due diligence before you go picking Antonio okay. Brown and make sure he's on a team. But if he is, I'm listen. He didn't once he got acclimated to that Tampa Bay offense last season, and I'll pull up the stats on one of these shows. He was balling, man. He had a couple nice games. I think he was. Play, nice playoff game or two, but um, you know, I'm I'm telling you, man, do not sleep on Antonio Brown. We're talking about the uh, the shower relationship between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Tom Brady and Antonio Brown, for some reason, have this ridiculous bromance that just I I don't know, man. It, it's it, it's it's just I'm I'm shooting for the moon with this with this pick. I'm swinging for the fences. Uh, if it works out, I mean, there's a world where Antonio Brown can. He catch seven balls a game. Why not? I I I get it. You know, as far as you know, we're in the ninth. I, we're in the ninth round. I, Robert Tanyan's getting drafted. Jarvis Landry went two picks before Antonio Brown. Do you want the wide receiver three on a Cleveland Browns offense, or do you want the uh, yeah, wide receiver wide receiver three? three. Yeah. Barry and Jarvis Landry. Well, behind yeah, yeah. Jones, I mean, behind uh, Austin Hooper, he's yeah. the wide receiver oh, three now. Jesus, or that, behind Kareem uh, Hunt, wide receiver that, four. All right, uh, Kyle, we're at an hour now, and we're yeah. sitting here in round nine. What are we gonna do? We're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cruise through this super fast. Uh, okay, so we can so do Trump, it. Tom Brady's off the board, so bad luck, bad news for you. You can't go Brady here. Who's, who's your pick in round nine? That's all right. I'm going to go with a guy that if he's in round nine come August, I feel pretty pumped about this. I bet he gets to maybe round seven uh, because if you look at some of the, like A.J. Dillon went off the board in round eight. Zach Moss went in round seven. Uh, you had Kenny and Drake go on round eight a guy that is kind of buried in sleeper rankings, but I'm going to draft him here because I don't think it's completely crazy that he's available. I'm going to go with a rookie running back uh, that could be walk right into the starter role. That's Michael Carter of the Jets. Uh, I think he's my running back three here. I'm going to have to take some stabs at the running back position, and I think he has a pretty clear path to a lot of playing time and a lot of touches. So I'm going to go with Carter here in round nine. We got a couple other running backs. This is sifting through here. Irv Smith went off the board in round nine. He's a guy that I, I think is really interesting, but I'm sure as hell not taking him there. Gus Edwards was another guy that I was considering if it gave it back to me. He is off the board, so now it's back to me. With the 10, uh, 10.6, I'm going to go looking at receivers. There's a few guys I really like here. If I'm, if I'm picking up Michael Gallup in round 10, I feel pumped as hell about that. Now, I don't think I – for this team, I don't think I need them. I only have three running backs, so I'm going to keep throwing some darts at some running backs. And I'm going to go with Philip Lindsay. I think that he is an intriguing guy to me as a you know a not, non-starter – that could make his way into a starting role in uh, in Houston. He hasn't been traditionally a huge pass catcher, which is 
I wish he had a little bit more of that to his game already, but maybe, you know, they lean on him a little bit more. I don't really care about Mark Ingram and David Johnson. Like I said, could carve out the role just by being a great pass catcher. But I think Lindsey, you know, he could be the RB one to own in Houston. So I'm just going to start throwing some darts at RBs. Jake, it's over to you. Round 10. Uh, so I would have gone tight end a little earlier. I wanted to hold off a little bit because Kyle Pitts obviously was the next guy on the board and we had a little bit of a hands-off policy going on there. But, you know, I'm looking at wide receivers available. Mike Williams. I like Jalen Waddle as a high upside play, but I, I, I'm going to take my chances. That he, you know what? All right, I'm going to take my chances. I'm going to stick to my guns here because it was my initial, uh, initial take here. But I'm going to go back to the tight ends here. Tyler Higby. I don't want him. Johnny Smith. I don't want him. Evan Ingram. You've heard me say that I like him, but I don't want him. I'm going to keep skimming down the sport until I get to Blake Jarwin, man. You talked about Michael Gallup and you know how he's kind of being disrespected in that Dallas offense, man. If Blake Jarwin clicks and that offense clicks, you know, regardless of what Julio Jones says, I think the Dallas Cowboys might have a nice team. Uh, after Blake Jarwin went to Rico and Tyler Higby, uh, Ryan Tannehill and Mike Williams. Uh, yeah, now I'll dip back into wide receivers here and take the player I was talking about before, Jalen Waddle. It's a total high upside play. Uh, the second receiver taken in the draft and just might work out. I mean, you know, it, I don't know how much faith you have in Tua Tungvaloa going forward, but I don't think he's the worst thing in the world. I think he's a solid quarterback. I think that offense as a whole is ascending. So, uh, I, give me the versatile, athletic Jalen Waddle here in the 11th round. Uh, after that pick went Jamal Williams, Trey Sermon. You know what? Looking back, I wish I would have seen Trey Sermon was still on the board. It seems like one of the few remaining high upside running back plays. Uh, and then Marvin Jones, another high upside player that I think is going to be probably go undrafted in a lot of leagues. I think a lot of people won't be giving Marvin Jones that respect. But you're on the clock now, Kyle, in the 11th round. What do you think? Uh, so this comes down to, there's a guy that I really, really like still, and that's Michael Pittman. He's still available in round 11. I think that's going to be a great draft day value. Like if I knew for sure, if somebody told me like, Hey, I will pencil in Michael Gallup and Michael Pittman in round 10 and 11 for you. I would probably never, I'd pick like one or two wide receivers in the first nine rounds and just leave. And if those guys are my three and four, I feel like I'm still good to go. Um, so those are some guys that I I'm going to kind of be circling. They're probably going to end up on too many of my teams this year um so there's kind of a drop off at wide receiver after that looking at running backs man it, yeah you said like sermon was the guy i had circled here and jamal williams was the other guy that i was kind of hoping for is some high upside um so the running back position has dried up quick i have four guys there i'm probably leaning on those wide receivers anyway the only other guy that i was looking at was daryl henderson but i think i'm just going to go back to it i'm i still don't have a quarterback yet I think I can make it back at least another round or two. I'm going to go Michael Pittman here uh, in round 11. So we'll see if this pays off. (laughs) You better do it. or I'm taking two quarterbacks with my next two picks. (laughs) Uh, So currently as this draft board's moving uh, and you're going to have this, especially like in your redraft league. So you dynasty guys are listening to this, looking for value for 2021. Like you're going to have these, I I just call them assholes. It's fine. um, That take two quarterbacks (laughs) in, in the first dozen rounds. So you have in this mock right now, you have one, two, three, four teams that have two quarterbacks, including the team that had drafted Patrick Mahomes. Uh, besides myself, there's one other uh, computer team that has no quarterbacks yet, and he's on. he would be drafting twice uh, on this turn for me. So take a look at the quarterback board. 
Kirk Cousins. There's the line I talked about a few weeks ago. Ahead of that is Trevor Lawrence and Daniel Jones, baby, here in round 12. He's way down the board, though, so can I kick that can one more time? Um, Yeah, I think I'm just going to go with my quarterback here. I'm just going to go Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I, I think we've, oh, we've I, Trevor Lawrence over Daniel Jones. It's yeah. I, I've thought about this over and over. I just, I don't know if I really trust Daniel Jones. I understand. <laughs> I'm going through the same sort of process in my head. We were very bullish on Daniel Jones and jammed them up our rankings. But yeah, uh, I mean, when you compare him as prospects as you know, it's, it's night and day with Trevor Lawrence and Daniel Jones. I like what Daniel Jones has going on around him, but I guess you could say the same thing for Trevor Lawrence. So in that case, give me the upside of Trevor Lawrence. I, got, I think that's a good pick in the 12th round. James White goes after Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Rager, and then Rob Gronkowski, and I'm back on the clock. Uh, man, running backs are looking rough. Tevin Coleman, Marlon Mack. <laughs> Remember when Sonny Michelle was supposed to be good? Uh, let's see what else we got here because I'm not taking a quarterback. I, I made that promise earlier. Henry Ruggs, remember when he was the first wide receiver taken in the draft? Actually, you know what? I I don't hate that pick at all. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Henry Ruggs right here. Uh, and and just another total high upside shot. You know, we haven't really seen anything from Brian Edwards yet. Darren Waller is still there. You know, well, should I say receiver one on that <laughs> yes. team? So you know. It, maybe Henry Ruggs works out here. It's it's not, I don't have a lot of confidence with the pick, but I'm making the pick anyways. That gives me uh, a, a deep set of wide receivers. Ruggs, Waddle, Antonio Brown, Cortland Sutton, Jamar Chase, DJ Moore, and Keenan Allen. Uh, and just three running backs in Barkley, Harris, and Mike Davis. And I'll tell you what, to be honest, I'm perfectly comfortable with that. I draft that way more often than not. Uh, we did a league, Kyle, where we it was one running back position and just a bunch of flexes, and I'm, it's very common. I'll go through and I'll, I'll take a running back in the first and the second and then punt the entire rest of the way uh, and just load up those flexes with wide receivers and, and all that talent we talked about finding in the fourth and fifth and sixth round. Uh, even now, there's still some guys that I like. And you know what? Now I'm seeing John Brown. See, man, I got to make these mental notes in my head. I, I totally forgot he was in Las Vegas. Now, I, now I'm regretting that Henry Ruggs pick already. <laughs> but uh, here's here's a play that I do kind of like here. I'm going to take the, the flip side of the coin to your Michael Pittman pick, and I'm going to take a shot on Paris Campbell. He, uh, he was a guy when he came into the league, he kind of had, you know, he had he had flashes, and when he was with Philip Rivers, I really thought that he was going to become Philip Rivers' new version of Keenan Allen in that offense. Before he got hurt, he was seeing the targets, and I I don't know, man. If that can happen, then he's another one of those guys who uh, I think I talked about last show. I can't remember who I was referencing, but their player profiler chart. You go to look up Paris Campbell, and he's just a stud athlete across the board in every single category. Um, so maybe some of that comes to fruition and, and something can happen in Indianapolis. We don't know what Carson Wentz's tendencies are going to be with these receivers. Paris Campbell could be wide receiver one in that offense. That's totally on the board as far as I see it. Don't you make that face at me. Paris Campbell could be wide receiver one in that offense from a fantasy perspective. We're going to keep cruising along here. Sterling Shepard goes after uh, Paris Campbell, Evan Coleman, Cole Beasley. Kyle, you're on the board and you can't have Paris Campbell. What are you going to do? Daniel Jones is still there. So, I mean, I, and uh, as much as we just joked about, like, if, if you can get Daniel Jones with your last pick or second to last pick, like, I'm totally fine starting with him because you're still going to find guys like, 
you know, Roethlisberger will probably still be available. You know, uh, Winston will have some value. I still think Darnold, Goff, like those are start, spot starters. Wentz, like that you can just find off the wire in one QB league. So not worried about it there. I don't take two quarterbacks ever because I think it just burns a roster spot and I'm missing on upside. Uh, I'm going to go with another wide receiver here because, damn, these running backs are horrible. You can honestly not have enough. I wish I had some more. But I'm going to go with Denzel Mims. Uh, again, another second-year sophomore receiver. Uh, following up my pick of uh, Jerry Judy in round nine, uh, around eight, sorry, Pittman in round 11. And then I'll go with Mims here in round 13. Um, you know, just think that he could be, again, the, the start, the number one wide receiver for the Jets, I think, with a quarterback upgrade clearly. Uh, and then offense, much better pos- position than they were last year. And Mims kind of didn't really get to go, you know, the full go based off of just dealing with injuries and such. So I'll take the shot on him. Uh, back on the clock here. I have a crap ton of wide receivers still. And let's see any running backs. Not a whole lot. Literally you're staring down guys at the top of this board. Gio Bernard, Carlos Hyde. (laughs) That's that's gross. Oh oh no. (laughs) That's gross. I'm not, I'm not going that route. Uh, I'm going to take a shot. I met, we talked about it last week with the rookie wide receivers. I like Elijah Moore, um, quite a bit, but I just took Denzel Mims. I think I've said that earlier in the show that that is like something I keep staring down. I think I will stare down. I'm going to go with the rookie wide receiver, though, in uh, Rashad Bateman. Uh, again, just shooting for upside here at this point in the draft. And uh, I like him better than like Russell Gage, Christian Kirk, Rashad Perriman were the three wide receivers off the board right before Bateman there in round 14. Jake, you got two picks left here to wrap this thing up for you. Yeah, uh, real quick, a guy that we talked about plenty on this show, uh, more than one episode, but I think you and I both like Josh Reynolds a lot. Uh, right now, if he's the wide receiver too in Tennessee, I'll take that. You can say, oh, you know, what about what did Corey Davis ever do? Corey Davis saw 100 or so targets last season. I mean, uh, the, the volume is to be had, and Josh Reynolds, he's no slouch. The guy can play. So uh, if he shows out in Tennessee, if Tennessee doesn't go out if, if they're not the suitor for Julio Jones. <laughs> yes. You know, because, you know, in the scenario that happens, you can forget about Josh Reynolds. I'll, I'll leave him to uh, the waiver wire. But uh, here in the 14th round is the wide receiver, two for the Titans. I'll take that all day. My last pick, man, round 15. I should really do something, uh, some real pizzazz here. Oh, this is obvious. Ready for this one, folks? The wide receiver, one. For the Detroit Lions is still on the, he's still on the board. Damn it! Give me a Von Ross St. Brown, folks. I'm getting I'm getting a hundred targets with the last <laughs> pick of my draft. Wow. Well, it all it almost makes up your Henry Ruggs pick three rounds earlier, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> dude, yeah, Reynolds and St. Brown is the last two picks. Like I feel like that's you know be I think if I'm I don't want to be in too many leagues with you because that's the route I would go. I just feel like script like again. Give me freaking, uh, give me freaking Gallup, Pittman, Reynolds, and St. Brown, and I just need one other wide receiver, pretty much. Give me that. I'm taking that to the bank. That baby. yeah, that gives you the freedom now to load up on running backs. You can take your uh, <laughs> uh, Darren Waller in the fourth round, and yeah, That's man, you're set up. I like it. I like it. Yeah, you know what? I mean, just I'm on Ross St. Brown, wide receiver one. Why not? There you go. Uh, and at this point, yeah, it's the last pick for me. I still only have four running backs in my God. Like, honestly, at this rate, like if I was if we were playing this league out, I'd just be like, well, I hope my guys hit or that everybody else drops the valuable handcuffs before they become valuable and I can just stack up there. Uh, I'm just going to go, even though I, I passed on the last round, I'll just go Elijah Moore uh, again, I think as a rookie. I was going to go St. Brown, on, honestly. Like that was my penciled in last pick. And then I should have known who I was drafting with on the other side. 
Um, but uh, yeah, man, I, I have a crap ton of wide receivers now. This thing wraps up here. The last pick of the draft, Mr. Relevant, AJ Green. Gotta love that. Um, hey, how, about, how about Ben Roethlisberger going second to last? I mean, just echoing what we're saying about quarterbacks. I mean, if Ben Roethlisberger is my QB1, I'm not excited, but I'm not pissed. You, and I got to double check, to be honest. Like, as we do more and more of these drafts, I think one of the one of the pieces of my draft strategy for redraft that I haven't dug into yet is the schedule um, and what these first few weeks look like. If Rocks, if Roethlisberger is staring down, you know, a, some primetime matchups there with going up against bad defenses, you know, he's, he's going to rise up my rankings a bit where I'm going to take him, you know, and make sure he's my starter to start the year. But the last two rounds in this mock draft, uh, went Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, Tua, and Big Ben. Like, I'm not a big, I don't know if I believe in Tua compared to the rest of those guys, but all any four of those other guys as my starter, I'm good. I'm golden. I feel great. And that's why you've got to pass on those quarterbacks earlier in the draft. Even me taking Lawrence at 12, I'm like, eh, crap. I could have just taken, you know, I, I could have taken another position and grabbed one of those other guys later, but that's what it is, man. Did uh did Sean Watson get drafted? Not in this. I think he's still available. Oh, you know, so. the ultimate yeah. screw up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how that's going to shake out, man. But uh, it, it, he hasn't been kicked out of the league or anything yet. Last time I checked, he was still <laughs> one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So, yeah, that waits to be seen. Anyways, uh, so that leaves my team looking like Saquon Barkley, Najee Harris, Keenan Allen, DJ Moore, Jamar Chase, Mike Davis, Cortland Sutton, Joe Burrow. Antonio Brown, Blake Jarwin, Waddle. Man, I shouldn't have picked Henry Ruggs. You're right. That was such a bad pick. <laughs> Henry Ruggs. I, I don't like Paris Campbell either, but then I, I topped it off with Reynolds and St. Brown and felt real good about that. Kyle coming through with uh, Jonathan Taylor. Travis Kelsey in the second round, and he's not regretting it one bit. J.K. Dobbins in the third, and then a run on receivers. C.D. Lamb, Cooper Cup, Brandon Ayuk, D.J. Chark, Jerry Judy. Michael Carter and Lindsey at running back. Michael Pittman, Trevor Lawrence in the 12th round. That's value if I've ever seen it. Denzel Mims, Rashad Bateman, and Elijah Moore. I like it, my friend. I think maybe we should put this on Twitter. Maybe see have a uh, team versus team. See what the people think. Uh, I know our friend Andrew's listening, man. I got to see what his take is on this one. <laughs> Did uh, I'm looking at this, and you, I don't know if you want to. If there was something that jumped out to you. For me, taking Kelsey, I was fun just to see how this draft played out. Um, but to be honest, like the one thing I probably regret was going, even though I love Ayuk, and is that was he there? Oh no, it was the other way around. Um, yeah, to be honest, like probably going cup in round five. I probably should the other guy that I was leaning towards to get a, a third running back was Travis Etienne. Uh there. I I think even though I like Cup over ETN, it kind of just goes back to the fact of like the running backs dried up so damn quick. I have more receivers than I know what to do with at this point, but I only have four running backs with Taylor and Dobbins the first three rounds and then Carter and Lindsey rounds nine and ten. Like I probably should have snagged one more running back. I think it's going to be pretty consistent for me that regardless if I go tight end um, with one of those first five picks that I want to have three running backs in that first five rounds. Um, and then I can just load up. I can get my wide receiver two and flexes later on and those wide receivers are going to be more than available there's more names than i have picks that i like um at receiver so that's the one thing that i might do differently next time just looking at this you, you taking travis Etienne over mike davis uh well no i would go davis over Etienne, but i guess i was kind of discounting that only because i 
I think he'll be gone by then. <laughs> just curious. Just curious. But I think round five, though, middle of round five, that's probably about where Mike Davis will go, maybe a little earlier. Like Melvin Gordon went at the 501. Um, so, yeah, if Davis was there in round five, I would take him, and that would be my, he'd be my third running back. I'd probably still go like Carter, Lindsay, or at least, you know, maybe both still, but um, to get five running backs. But again, there's just so many freaking receivers. Uh, it's it's going to be, it's going to be intense. It's, it's just crazy the value at receiver compared to the names that were left on the board at running back. And the thing is, man, there's going to be one or two less of these guys we like because it's just what's going to happen, right? Yeah. People are going to, guys are going to go down, you know, maybe their, their backup gets some value, but they're, you know, it, this the running back position is just not deep enough to to pass on it. So unfortunately, I think you just have to kind of protect yourself from that standpoint. Well, I'll tell you what this was. This was a fun one, man. We're gonna have to do another one again sometime soon. Um, you know what? I, I'm looking at my team here. I'm trying to think what pick I liked best, and oh, that Antonio Brown pick. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh now, Kyle August, but you wait. You wait until August, and <laughs> you'll you'll see what's up. I'm telling you, business will be booming. Uh, we're at we're at an hour twenty minutes, a super long episode, Oof. fun stuff. Why don't you sign us out of here, Kyle? Yeah, man, appreciate it. This was fun. We'll we'll get this thing back under control. This is our first ever mock drive, like I said. So we're still finding the rhythm here, but uh, appreciate you guys again. Rate and review on you on uh, on iTunes wherever you listen. Check us out on YouTube. You can see this entire draft board on there. I will post it to Twitter. I'll, I'll post the image of this and we'll see whose team wins out. But this was a ton of fun. Give Jake a follow. We'll be back here next week. Catch you guys later.